foot enthusiasts, minimal footwear lovers, or anyone trying to fix your own feet, I'm heading to North Carolina this May to lead a live, in-person, three-day retreat all about feet. I'm going to be at the Art of Living Retreat Center, which is up in the mountains of North Carolina. It's so beautiful there. And are you ready to hear what I'm calling it? The retreat is called Healing Your Soul, a stepwise approach to building forever functional feet. That's so good, right? If you want to learn all about how to take care of the muscles, bones, joints, fascia, and nerves of the feet, and learn how strong feet and ankles relate to sustainable hips and knees, this event is for you. In addition to the classroom and movement time with me, you're on retreat. So there's delicious meals, a nature-rich campus that you can explore on foot, and plenty of time for rest and relaxation, all included. A retreat is a perfect way to care for yourself in the moment, but also in the future. You are coming to learn a massive toolkit of information. So whether you're a competitive runner, a dynamic ager, or a healthcare practitioner, this is a weekend full of movement for you and your feet. And like I said, you're gonna leave with a toolkit and a big swag bag that you can use to train your feet for life. For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. Hey there, welcome to the Katie Says Podcast. This is the eighth in a series of special episodes we call Between the Lines, where Katie Bowman and Stephanie Domet explore the deeper messages in and connections between Katie's books. I am Katie Bowman, a biomechanist, and I am the author of Move Your DNA. And I am Stephanie Domet. I'm a chronically curious writer and radio journalist. So Katie, you and I have had some pretty lengthy and definitely heady discussions here over the last several months. And so it feels to me like maybe it's time for us to be a bit less thinky and a little more movie, if we could. <laughs> <laughs> so, because it's what we do. So I want to talk about calf stretch today. Yeah. Yeah. So in instead of heady, you want to be caffy? I'd like to be caffy. Yeah. Is it caffy or caffy? I don't know. I've never used it in that way. But yes, you are going to find the calf stretch in just about every single one of my books. So obviously... It could warrant an entire podcast episode, I think. Yeah. Well, let's let's get into it. What are we talking about when we talk about calf stretch? So you should know I'm standing up at my recording station, uh, and I've got my half dome out. Um, so I'm I'm ready. We could just do this. And I think it's very funny. I'm actually doing the calf stretch right now. You are. And I have not, and I have not seen your question. So I was like, you know, you're, oh, oh yeah, okay. Well, I'm doing it right now. Yeah. Perfect. I do it a lot of the time. So we're all doing it. And if you don't have a half dome, you can use a like a rolled up towel, right? Yes. So okay. the calf stretch, I always say the calf stretch is like capital C, capital S. It's the name of a very particular uh, exercise structure. It's not just that you're stretching your calves. Some people can do the calf stretch exercise and not even actually be stretching their calves. So it's a, it's a proper noun. It's a proper name. 
Huh. You could be a bob, but you could not feel like a bob, you know. So you just need something, whether it is a half foam roller, which you'll often see in the books. It can be a rolled towel. If you are out listening to this when you walk, you can find a rock. Mm. You just need something that you step the front of your foot up on while the heel of that same foot stays down on the ground. That's the shape of one leg. And then the other leg steps forward to that other leg that's up on the rock with the toes and down on the ground with the heels. Mm. That is the shape of the calf stretch. So that's what we're talking about when we're talking about Mr. Calf Stretch or Mrs. Calf Stretch. <laughs> so can you can you walk back to something you just said, which is you can do calf stretch. What did you say? You can do calf stretch without stretching your calves? Yeah, because, you know, not every exercise is going to move people in the same exact way because an exercise, the effect of an exercise is a relationship between the move and the body you bring to the move. Mm. So I call this the calf stretch because most people doing it are going to have the range of motion of their ankles, which is heavily influenced by your calves, be challenged by it, but not everyone will. So, you know, as your pool of people that you are working from gets larger and larger, then you realize that not everyone is experiencing the same movements because you're, your test group gets larger and larger. So, yeah. So for some people, they might have, you know, like my children who have quite a bit of dorsiflexion, they they have a ton of a- joint ankle range of motion at the ankle where they could be in the exact same shape that I was in and not be tensing that tissue at all because they have more of it. They have more length in that particular area, which allows that particular range of motion to happen without a stretch. Okay. So do they need to do calf stretch? No. (laughs) No, because the calf stretch is just faking some element of movement that me in front of my computer isn't getting, (laughs) but they're getting it. So yeah, they don't, their need to supplement that particular movement or shape is unnecessary because they just like, you know, you don't need to take a particular vitamin if if your diet is rich in it. So so no, they would not need this. They would not need this particular move were they to continue to get that particular move out in their non-exercise time. So in one of your books you write that we should probably stretch our calves for about 11 hours <laughs> and then maybe stretch them a little more. Uh, why is is calf stretch so important? You get cavy for eleven t. This is I, I, clearly I'm just making up words to fill books. Just hither and yon. <laughs> you know what? I don't necessarily know if it's more important than any other move, but it is. It's extremely impactful, and you know I've given a gajillion exercises out there, <laughs> but you know, and the reality is, many people are trying to fit it within a very small period of time allotted to movement. We all have. A, a ton of things that we know our body would, you know, really do well if we got them in every day, but we're trying to pick and choose of those, which ones we're going to do. And so I will often say, and I have said on film, you can see it, you know, like if you're only going to do one, the calf stretch, it's so impactful because, you know, like we think of like, I'm going to stretch my calves. That's going to improve my, you know, my ankles or my foot or my knees. Like we're thinking very local to that area of the calves. Mm-hmm. But because of your particular human structure, the fact that our head is above our feet, you know, being bipedal, 
when you have a lot of tension at the lower end, closest to the ground, when you go to do regular things, you know, just like walk from one side of your house to the other side of the house, that tension can accelerate the upper part of your spine. And so even, you know, if people would come in for, they're like, I, you know, I'm not moving very much and and we'll look at which parts of them are moving very well. And we'll find maybe even like really stiff, immobile shoulders or an upper spine or the back of the neck, you know, or even the head, you know, where their face is extremely tight or they'll be like, I have headaches or headache tension, you know, in the back of my neck all the time. The calf stretch will also be part of their must do's because every step that they're taking because of this stiffness around the lower leg is actually because of the, you know, the torque of the length of your body being so far off the ground, it's moving your upper spine around. So it's in every single book because if you were only going to do one, it has the potential to influence the most of you in a way that most of us are moving every day, which is, you know, taking a few steps here or there just to accomplish the non-exercise things in our life. So it's just, it's just very impactful. I mean, it's going to, it's going to impact everything from the tips of your toes to the top of your head. And so I don't know if there's another single exercise that moves that much of you differently after you're done doing the exercise. It's incredible to think that stretching my calves could help alleviate a headache. I've had people come who've had some, you know, headaches was a very regular reality. And, you know, they're doing a ton of neck and shoulder stuff, which makes sense. But, and I, you know, I was like, you're doing those, keep those. That's great. But the thing is, it's like the tensions that are in the back of your neck are kind of like a compensation for the accelerations that you're doing to your head and neck because of the state of your lower legs. You know, if Mm -hmm. you look at the mechanics, I explain it like whiplash, like we're very familiar with a whiplash injury, you know, where your head goes accelerating forward one way, but then like is yanked back another way in the opposite direction there. There's this like, you know, like Mm. I hope the sound effect should help you visualize it. You know (laughs) that you're, you're creating, you're like moving very quickly between two directions. Now, most of our our understanding of whiplash comes on the scale of, you know, being rear ended or something that's happening at 30 or 40 miles an hour. But the mechanics are the same. Even if you're walking three miles an hour And the whiplash, that accelerating forward real quickly, but then bracing it and pulling it back so that it doesn't go, I explain it like you're essentially having whiplash at a very slow rate at, you know, at three miles an hour, but you're doing it hundreds, if not 10,000 times a day. Right. So, I mean, they'll often be very active people. Like I'm getting my 10,000 steps in. It's like, oh, but my upper back and my neck are killing me. It's like, yeah, because we're going to. We're going to change the mechanics of your walk a little bit by by doing this this move here a little bit. And you'll find that now you can walk in a way that isn't creating such extra motion at the neck and the need for you to tense to withstand it. So you can keep stretching your neck or you can stop doing something that is creating the reason you're tensing your neck. So, yeah, Yeah. I think people listen up because it could be all the way down tucked into your shoes and you didn't know it. Okay, so uh, should I switch feet now? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <It's> totally okay. <laughs> I forgot I was leading a calf stretch class while I was doing this podcast. So you can multitask. <laughs> the multitask. The Katie yeah, Bowman and style. I will stand here. I mean, I will do this for a very long time. So I, I just tend to kind of switch back and forth between feet. I have at almost all of my workstations 
which are kind of all the places I tend to stand frequently. So I've got, you know, my office, but I also tend to work in the kitchen and then I'd put doing dishes in my, you know, in my workstation a lot of the time. It's a very large amount of the time now that I think about it. <laughs> so I have some sort of thing at my feet so that I can just step up on in the spaces that I already am. So rather than like be washing dishes and be like, I should go stretch my calves. I just put the thing where I'm standing around a lot. So my house looks littered with calf stretching devices, but it's really just me trying to go. I know my habits of where I'm going to be standing to do other non-exercise things. So it's my way of kind of infusing a little exercise. Hashtag stack your life. Yes. Bring the hashtag back. I don't know what happened to the hashtag. We should. And we lost it for a bit, but you always whisper after I say a hashtag. So. Oh, I've totally forgot. See, at least you know, it's a total natural response. I don't know why. It's a little. I just You're so reverent. It was a little Gollum esque. It was like, yes. Yes. The hashtag. Bring it back. And one hashtag to rule them all. So that's what we need to figure out. Well, stack your life, clearly. There you go. There you go. And so. You do not explicitly write about calf stretch and movement matters because it's not that kind of, of book, but but you do write about ankle dorsiflexion. And you, you mentioned that your kids, you know, exhibit that. Uh, and, and it's kind of the same thing, right? Like there's this strong connection there, l- literally and figuratively. What I'm getting more of as I stretch my calves is an increased, hopefully, range of motion in my ankle. Is that right? Well, we're not after the end result of more range of motion. I mean, if we go all the way to like a movement nutrition perspective, you're after more movement in your ankle. Mm-hmm. But the range of movement that you have is limited by the amount of tension that you have there, which is kind of set by the current amount of movement that you have. So we're really just after more movement. We're always after more movement. And I think there's been kind of this understanding that we're after greater ranges of motion But we are after the movement that maintains or develops the ranges of motion, not the range of motion itself. Because then the reason that the distinction is important is like you could go and, you know, you could say, hey, I have knee pain or foot pain because my ankle is so tight and I don't have this range of motion. If that's the way you perceive it, then a logical way out of that is to maybe have some surgery to lengthen the tendons. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, where at the end of the day, the whole reason you're after and so and to continue on with the same movement habits in which you develop that particular length. It's kind of like not acknowledging where the tension comes from versus making the problem the lack of tension. The problem is the lack of movement. Right. And so that's I think I, I didn't always delineate that as specifically as I am now, because I think that there's this understanding with alignment where they're like, where we're just after the greater ranges of motion. Like, well, there's a lot of way to get, I don't know there's a lot, but there are way movement-free ways of getting those. But it turns out the only payoff really of lots of ankle range of motion is that it affords mo- to use more muscle of you when you're moving. Like the when you're moving is when the ranges of motion pay off. And then other people who will do the calf stretch and not feel a stretch, they can have, you know, not everyone is dealing with tension. Some people are dealing Mm. with the need for stability. So then they're like, well, I got tons of ranges of motion. And their particular ranges of motion, when they go to move, kind of remove some of the natural or helpful breaking, like uh, to apply the brakes, you know, to facilitate 
stabilize movement. So, so they might have lots of range of motion, but they're getting a headache from their 10,000 little whiplashes all day. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so it's it's kind of like we're we're after more movement at the end of the day. And in some cases, maybe like right now I can feel on my left side being so m- much tighter that more movement on this left side could get me a greater range of motion, which then as I continue to the, do that movement would get me to it would move more of me uh-huh. for that same bout for the same period of time. Like we are looking to still stack our lives. And that's why it kind of made it into movement matters because movement matters is a, a larger context for here's why you're doing the exercises. You're doing the exercises to facilitate like a body that can negotiate spaces in a, in a way that is capable. But also if there are these ailments that are related to these particular ranges of motion, then potentially this motion is a way to not have these ailments express. Mm, right. Okay. You know, if you do calf stretch for 11 hours a day, are, are you capable of achieving the dorsiflexion that your kids are? Well, I mean, 11 hours. Like, can you reverse your years of, you know? It'd be interesting if you were doing it 11 hours. I mean. It really would be. It would be like. For a lot of reasons. Yes. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, we're going to find that 11 hours of calf stretch will yeah. not affect your joint range of motion as much as doing the calf stretch a little bit and the pelvic list a little bit and some squat prep exercises and then actually going outside and taking a walk for a few miles. And while you're out there, stepping up on some stones and oh, and adding some incline and adding some decline and then carrying some things and then squatting down when your feet are pointing downhill and uphill, that it really mm-hmm. is going to be to facilitate this greater range of motion that you are consuming diverse ranges of motion that kind of like nutrients are going to work in a particular, like nutrients behave differently when they're consumed with other nutrients. It doesn't diminish the fact that they themselves are nutrients, but the more we learn about nutrients, the more we recognize that, you know, you can take an abundance of a particular nutrient, but in the absence of a second nutrient, it doesn't perform the same way. I'm thinking of like vitamin D and calcium. Right. That, you know, vitamin calf stretch is certainly, if you're having some issues, a nice way to start supplementing. I don't know if we want to go far as taking my advice to do it 11 hours. I think that's why I put a fake number to stress its importance, but without committing to a particular duration. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's it's like, a loose okay, obviously it's hyperbole. It's hyperbole, <laughs> but it's hyperbole for a lot. But yeah. then, but then to recognize the calf stretch, I was, this is a good example. I had my brother doing the calf stretch. Now, my brother is not a alignment matters, movement matters, nutritious movement consumer. He probably barely tolerate the sound of my voice because he's been dealing with it so much of his life. However, he's experiencing a lot of issues and he's a nature guy. He's a, mm. you know, a backpacker, a hunter, you know, he has extensive survival training and has for decades. He's 60 now. And his and I and he, but he wears cowboy boots all the time. And I put a picture of this mm. on Instagram. The way I explain it to him is like, he's also an airline pilot now, so it's an, a, a tremendous amount of sitting. And when he is sitting, he's in boots, heeled boots, you know, a couple inches. So the way I explain a calf stretch to him is, you haven't been getting very much uphill walking, right? And uphill walking is part of like a part of a nutritious diet. And I don't even have to put it in terms of nutrients for him. 
He knows he's happier. His body feels better when he's hiking. He knows all of those things. They're not related to a scientific context or a movement science context. Like that doesn't, that's not part of his culture. So I don't speak in a culture that doesn't make sense to him, nor do I feel like my culture has to make sense to him for he to benefit from the calf stretch. So I'll just say you have spent so much time downhill in those boots that a lot of what you're feeling is the same as if you had just walked downhill for mm. seven for eleven miles for for eleven <laughs> miles because you have because he puts them up those shoes on as soon as he gets up and he takes them off at the end of the day. So I said, why don't you supplement or balance with a little bit of vitamin uphill to balance it out? That's how I that's how I give my brother <laughs> the calf stretch, <laughs> and he does it because it makes sense to him that he's gone for long hikes and he knows he feels like crap after going downhill for eight hours right. because he's had to. And so that context makes sense to him, and he'll throw in a little bit. He'll do the calf stretch. He's not thinking about range of motion or any of these, like, exercise things. He just knows that it's a movement that makes him feel better, but he didn't know how to get it in his current life situation, which is drive, to sit in the plane, to fly, uh-huh. to drive, you know, we're in, inside a sedentary context. But, I, you know, the calf stretch is a little bit of vitamin uphill. I got to say my calves feel better already. I haven't. Like, what is this? 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. It wasn't even 11 to anything. No. And you, and oh, it feels so great. I feel like I used to say, I feel like, you know, muscles are pretty easy to get their leverage, which is why I start there. But you've got connective tissue and, and nerves and bone. All those tissues are being moved when you move. And when I do the calf stretch, I swear I'm toggling something that's pulling on my brain. Mm. And so I do it almost to reset because I'm going to still I'm still stepping around. I'm still doing things, but it just I don't know. It's it's a whole body for me like the calf stretch. Yes, it's dorsiflexion, but my whole body is participating in doing it. And so it is very much my reset button. It's the source of all your power, Katie Bowman. That's how you every you know, the answer (laughs) is calf stretch. You want to ask me a question? It's calf stretch. You know, that's going to make the rest of our podcast conversations real short. Calf stretch. Did you ever watch Cutting Edge, the movie about the ice skater and the hockey player and their yes. their unconventional romance? You know, remember she said Topic all the time. She'd just be like sliding by every time he fell. He, she'd be like Topic. I'm just gonna be doing that. I'm just gonna be like calf stretch, calf stretch, popping in there, giving you expert advice. Hashtag hashtag calf stretch, calf stretch. Katie, thanks for this. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. You can find much more about calf stretch in every one of Katie Bowman's books. <laughs> plus, Pick one. check her Katie Says blog, any book. You can also find more in uh, her blog, Katie Says, at nutritiousmovement.com. If you're looking to buy a half dome for your calf stretch, you can do that there too, or you can just wad up a towel at your house. Uh, this has been Between the Lines on the Katie Says podcast. I'm Stephanie Domet. Thank you for listening. you find the general information in this podcast informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and should not be used as such.